Good morning. It is Monday, the 18th day of the ninth month, September, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin today and this week with prayer for consecration. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, The Solution to the Problem of Our Problems. Our text is Acts chapter 6, all week. Today is verse 1 through 4. Hear now the word of the Lord. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. The word of the Lord. Now consider this problems, problems. When you think about it, the New Testament, in its essence, is a problem solving document. Yesterday's problem the Sanhedrin death penalty trial. Today, it's the widows. Tomorrow, it will be an execution and the day after it will be a vigilante named Paul. Soon the apostles will be faced with the massive problem of what to do with the Gentiles. Then will come the problems of the church in Rome, and the church in Ephesus, and the church in Corinth, and the church in Thessalonica, and the church in Philippi. And if we track this long enough, we will come to the problems in your church and in my church. And yes. It will land in your house and my house. And ultimately, it comes back to your life and my life where the problems begin in the first place. Problems abound. They always have and they always will. Part of the problem is the way short-sighted solutions create more problems. Notice how they did not solve the problem. 
They did not immediately and reflexively jump into fix-it mode. They could have probably fixed it pretty easily. They could have devised a solution and then delegated it to someone else to carry out. This is the all-too-common leader-with-a-hundred-helpers model. It gets things done while keeping control. Notice how they solve the problem. They go with a share leadership and empower giftedness model. Number one, find people who, quote, are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. Number two, lay hands on them, publicly commissioning them for the work. And number three, turn them loose. But there's a deeper thing we need to notice going on here today. Why didn't the apostles just fix the problem? They surely weren't lazy, nor did they consider the problem somehow beneath them. It's the matter of calling and purpose. The apostles were clear about their calling and purpose. Watch how they responded. It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. They knew there were things they were called and equipped to do. Others were not called and equipped to do. They knew if they neglected these responsibilities, the church would suffer. Further, if they did the things others were called and equipped to do, they would give less than their best to the work they were called and equipped to do, and the whole thing would morph into mediocrity. Notice how they didn't lower the stature of the responsibility in need of leadership. They are not saying that the ministry of the Word is more important than waiting on tables. They are different and require different gifts and sensibilities. The job requirements look pretty high to me for waiting on tables. People who were known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. In the body of Christ, no one role or responsibility is greater than another one. It all rises and falls together. Every role counts, and every gift is needed, or it will not work at all. I think it comes down to the difference between a controlling leader and a faithful steward. Or maybe it is a need to be needed versus a desire to humbly serve. The Prayer of Transformation Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness.
I receive your love and release my selfishness. I receive your calling and equipping. I release my need to control and manage everything and everyone. Come Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father, amen. And the question today, what are you doing that you are called and equipped to do? What are you trying to do that someone else is called and equipped to do, but can't do because you won't let it go. Why does the situation persist? Journal a bit on this question right here. Do you tend toward assertion, control, and overfunctioning, or apathy, withdrawing, and underfunctioning? Why do you think that is? And what might transformation look like? And for our hymn today, we're going to sing a Charles Wesley hymn, Father in Whom We Live. It's hymn number 25 in our seedbed hymnal, Our Great Redeemer's Praise. We'll sing all four verses. Number 25, Father in Whom We Live. Father in whom we live, in whom we are and move, the glory, power, and praise receive for thy creating love. Let all the angel throng give thanks to God on high, while earth repeats the joyful song and echoes to the sky. Incarnate deity, let all the ransomed race render in thanks their lives to thee for thy redeeming grace, the grace to sinners shown. Ye heavenly choirs proclaim, and cry salvation to our God, salvation to the Lamb. Spirit of holiness, let all thy saints adore thy sacred energy, and bless thy heart-renewing power. No angel tongues can tell Thy love's ecstatic height The glorious joy unspeakable The beatific sight Eternal triune God Let all the hosts above let all on earth below record and dwell upon thy love. 
when heaven and earth are fled before thy glorious face sing all the saints thy love hath made thine everlasting praise man we need to sing that one just to take it all in there's so much going on in that hymn father in whom we live well thanks chuck for that one that we're still singing 300 years later. It is Monday, everybody, and we are in New Room Week. We're all making our way down to Houston, Texas, down to the Woodlands, and the Woodlands Methodist Church, who's playing host to our gathering this year. This is number 10. And as you've heard, we're calling it Koinonia, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So we will indeed look forward to everyone who's coming to seeing you here this week. We can't wait to be together. With that, we're going to call it a morning and send you out into the fields. There's going to be harvest happening today, and there's going to be sowing. So gather your seeds. I'll be looking for you out there. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.